Hi folks, thanks for tuning in to Sunday School Bonanza, where we go through gospel doctrine lessons to get you prepared, help you better appreciate gospel doctrine, and uh, just be a better participant. Also useful if you just can't go, for whatever reason. Hmm. I'm joined this week by the amigo, Dustin Homer. Hola. What's the word for friend in Canada? I don't know, actually. I'm, I'm not sure Canadians have friends. Dustin served his mission They're there, friends? so... That's what I, I never heard a friendly word in Canada. We bond over Toronto. That's what we do. Toronto T-dot <clears throat> to the locals. Is that what they call it? Indeed. T-dot? If you're hip. So maybe that's what you would call Canadian it, but I wouldn't, hip. since clearly I would hip. not call it T-dot, but since I live in Alexandria, Virginia, I'm going to call this place A-dot. I think that will not <clears throat> catch on. All right, so this week's Moving lesson. On. Moving on, we've only got a couple of lessons left, actually. I believe this is officially the antepenultimate lesson of the Do- Doctrine and Covenants lessons. It's lesson 44, being good citizens. So this whole lesson here, like a lot of these back-end lessons, uh, we're not as much in church history as much as we are in more modern-day relevant type counsel. And we're going to talk about a number of things. Scripture references for you to check out uh, Doctrine and Covenants 58, uh, just a lot of 58 and also sections 98 and 134. And of course, Articles of Faith 112. What does Article of Faith 112 say? It says, we believe in being subject to kings, presidents, rulers, and magistrates in obeying, honoring, and sustaining the law, which is actually a big thing that we cite quite often, especially because we are a, we are a church of many nations. So there's a lot to consider here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the attention activity just tells us that uh, President Benson, for those of you who don't know, before he was President Benson, he was Elder Benson. And during a brief eight-year stretch, he hung out with Dwight Eisenhower as, in, Secretary as the Secretary of Agriculture because of his background in agriculture. And uh, But it's interesting because he served concurrently. He was still an active member of the Twelve at the same time. They just want us to point that out, basically. So Yeah, and I think there's a lot of lessons from that because he served at the encouragement of his brethren, right? Mm-hmm. And was able to, you know, arguably influence some really important policies. Well, yeah, I mean, I time. think the church knew what, it, what we were doing. It's like, wait a second. We got a chance to have one of our top flight brethren up there in the Oval Office. So, I mean, it's Secretary of Agriculture, so he probably had, like, what, one meeting a year, if that. I mean, like how important is agriculture? Seriously. <laughs> but, <laughs> Coming back. <laughs> but anyway... But so that's what happened. It is cool, though. You're right, because it's, uh, it's important to serve one's country, even no matter how, uh, how quote-unquote, serious your calling is. I think that's the great takeaway you can get from that. You know, our civic duty never expires. No, that's a great point. And then it launches in, the lesson launches into first talking about what it means to a Latter-day Saint to participate in government and, and cites uh, some really important pieces of revelation from Dr. Doctrine and Covenants, section 134, they talk about the point of governments. And I hope that's something that the classes dwell on a little bit, is sort of get behind the fact that governments are something that God has inspired to keep us safe, right? To, to sort of keep us so we're not at each other's throats, so that we have basic prosperity, so we have basic social services. Are like, you saying that governments are, spo- are good? <laughs> government... Government is ordained. Of there God. are many who will say they're not. So yeah, there are. But I mean, you know, those who say they're not, like anarchy is not good. Like government is no. of God, and us participating in government is a way that we build something that God has ordained. It's a way that we build the kingdom. It's the way that we improve the livelihoods of ourselves and the people mm-hmm. around us. It's a way that we be disciples of Christ, really, by participating in government and doing it effectively and righteously. Um, and so, you know, hope that, you know, and, and, the, and the, the section goes through and talks about some of the, the real purposes, which are, you know, good and safety of society, protecting the guilty 
Uh, sorry, protecting the innocent, punishing the guilty, <laughs> not protecting the guilty, depending upon the society. This is not Germany. Anyway, we won't get into that. <laughs> and also, and then this is the, the really critical point, government protects the free exercise of religion, or it should, right? Not every government does, but it's trending that way. But in many countries, most countries in the world, you can exercise the religion that you choose, and that is paramount. That's fundamental to Zion. That's yeah. fundamental to the, the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's a huge reason we need good government. And somewhat maybe tangentially, it's interesting because we've, see, we've seen a bigger push for that from the church, actually, in recent months, you know, here in 2012, all about the importance of religious freedom and not letting, uh, you know, one's religious freedom be taken for granted or, uh, or to be taken away. And that it's, it is important for the functioning of the church to have religious freedom. Um, but in many ways, but of course that also goes along very much with uh, one of the articles of faith, you know, let them worship how, what, and whatever they may. We very much believe in that. I don't dislike anyone for not being LDS, and I respect their be- right to worship how they so desire. And I think that's an important thing that we can consider. And by the way, those things you cited before are all in uh, section 134 for those of you following along at home. Indeed. Sorry. Um, and, and I, you know, I would just... I would just want to say too, and I think it's a great point you bring up that that you know we allow everybody the free exercise of religion. We respect every religion, yeah. But but also we need a chance to tell everybody about our religion, right? To have the opportunity to be able to preach the gospel is the most important thing in the world today. And we see different countries. You know, we we get so excited when we're able to open up proselyt- yeah, proselytizing yeah, yeah, yeah. in a it's new true. country, and that's why we participate, right? We preserve that in our own countries, and we lobby for it in new countries. And if the Latter Day Saints aren't actively engaged in that process, then we're not doing everything we can to really bring about Zion. All right. Now, building on this, though, the, the next little subsection here is obeying the laws of the land is what we want to talk about. And, it's, and there's a fine line there, right? Because we want to spread the gospel. We want the church to have a chance to flourish everywhere. But we also believe in obeying the laws of land. We don't believe in sort of, you know, surreptitiously sending missionaries and with a secret agenda. It's like, no, no, no. They are uh, agricultural assistance missionaries when it all, re- you know. Yeah, yeah. But we do our part. Obviously, there's, of course, a, a great element there. We want to show that we're that were good neighbors. Like, for example, China. Um, we have many service missionaries there doing work. The Church of Courts has no real formal recognition in China outside of, you know, Hong Kong um, and Taiwan, but we don't need to get into that political quagmire. <laughs> but um, but the interesting thing is China is well aware of us because of the good works we have done there uh, by helping out in their country. And as such, we do have congregations that meet there. They just can't do so officially. It's very interesting. What right. I mean, they estimate we actually have thousands of members in China who are just kind of hanging out doing their thing. And someday, um, hopefully because of our obedience even to the laws of their land, and we encourage the members abroad to obey those laws. If they say, hey, you know, the government doesn't want you to worship. They don't want you to organize. We can't do these things yet. Do what you can do. And don't push it. And I like that Salt Lake actually puts out pretty clear directives in those circumstances to not try to be all secret and push the church and let it exist. Like we say, nope, we'll just do what you want us to do, and hopefully things will change. And I think we see great examples of that if I've got another example. Uh, in the Persian Gulf region, mm. especially in the United Arab Emirates where we have a stake, most of it is, you know, f- they're not native Emiratis or anything like that. B- but we're able to build these large church buildings and everything in uh, Abu Dhabi because we've kind of played ball with the government there for long enough. Now they say, you need a meeting house. Do it. Or look at the Freiburg Temple in Germany where oh, we were, yeah. where so many – the saints struggled for so long always to try to get visas and stuff to go visit the temple in Switzerland. They said, you know, it would be better if we just helped you build a temple here so you don't have to leave. So there's a lot of value in uh, – and that's just one example, of course, of obeying the laws of the land. If you already have religious freedom, also obey the laws of the land yeah. in general. I mean that goes hand in hand with being a good 
good citizen and a good saint. It does. No, absolutely. The interesting thing, though, is on the flip side, too, and this was something, and I wouldn't want to get into a lot of discussion about this, but it was mentioned frequently in the last general conference that the laws of God always supersede the laws of man. So we have a certain responsibility to... So yeah, what's that, what's that relationship? Yeah, we yeah. have a real responsibility to respect the law, but at the same time, we also can't lose sight of the bigger, more important laws and principles. And that's, that's, that's interesting. And, and, you know, obviously there's all kinds of directions that that conversation could go, but, but an interesting point to think about. Yeah. So obey the laws, people (laughs) don't be a jabroni (laughs) and respect the police (laughs) and respect the police. (laughs) They're there for a reason. You can't just, just ignore them. But anyway, (laughs) and then, and then we get into, and this is, I think a really great note to end on. And I hope where the bulk of, you know, most lessons are spent, this idea of strengthening the community. Right. Right. And, and really begins with the, the great point that, you know, Elder Ballard actually made this point in a talk and it's referenced in the manual uh, about 20 years ago that we're commanded to live in the world, but not of the world. Right. But usually Mm -hmm. we kind of emphasize the not of the world part. Sure. But he encourages us to think about it like a couplet where we separate it into two points where we are commanded to live in the world, to be a part of it, to be Mm -hmm. dynamic, to contribute, to help, to live, to build but just not to be of the world, right? To not be wicked. And so, so it's, a, it's an interesting point and an important point that we're supposed to actually contribute. We're supposed to be a part of the game. We're supposed to be on the field playing, trying to do something to make people's lives better. And something I love seeing in our day and age, we have a lot of, we have a lot of stuff we have to deal with, yeah. definitely as far as adversity. But at the same time, I love seeing how much more the church has sort of publicly engaged the public in general. That I think that there are very extensive periods of our history because of especially our old pioneer history where we felt kind of badgered by sure. uh, society at large that we've kind of just tried to keep to ourselves and not bother anybody. And uh, I'm seeing slowly, I feel like, we're engaging more with, in our civic duty and that could even be politically. You know, we're being more vo- vociferous if needs be or what have you. But um, yeah, it's just uh, – it's it's great to see us being far more public and, I, you know, whether it's – Mormon helping hand, whether it's, you know, days of service. I love about the days of service is that we don't try to make it, this is a church thing. We try to use, we work with other faiths and community leaders and say, it's not just, we are the Mormons, hear us roar. And we're doing what we want. It's saying, Hey, we are a part of the fabric of this community, like all of you. And so we want to work in, you know, tandem to get this stuff done. We all have the same goal. I think that's super important because we didn't have much of a history of doing that before. We didn't. We were far more uh, insular before that. And now we're and this we're is doing a, a lot better. I think how we're supposed to be, and don't take this, don't take this like this sort of analogy the wrong way. But okay. but the Lord Himself spent His time with publicans and sinners, right? Yeah, and so I'm yeah. not like trying to like cast no, some no, like no. pallor on on people who aren't of our faith at all. But the idea that like that like you're spending time and in your energy with the people who right. need to benefit from your ministry, and that's I mean that's the right way to do it, and it's the Lord's way to do it. And I think it's a a generational shift as well as just sort of a shift in time. And I yeah. think it's one we take advantage of. Yeah, I think community engagement is and this is uh, just it's on the rise, and it, like you said, it is generational. One of the other things this talks about, of course, also is to serve in elected or appointed public service positions. Now we saw that with President Benson, of course, great example of that. He didn't run to be Secretary of Agriculture; he was just appointed to do it. Um, but it's an important thing. It's it's not a sin by any means if you say like you know don't want to run for elected office. There's not some mandate in the church that all of us must run for something at some point. But definitely get involved, I think, is what that's trying to say. You know, don't be afraid to go to your, uh, you know, your city council meetings, your town councils, whatever it is, and know what's going on in your community and taking an active role in it, whatever that may be. If that means running for office, great. If that means trying to propose ideas and initiatives, you know, do whatever you think is, is best for you to do. But there's a lot of benefit, especially as Latter-day Saints. I think we have so much to offer. I mean, you see that 
generally as Mormons, we are a pretty good industrious people and we have a lot to add. So we can make a big difference in our communities as we, as we engage. As we- I agree. And, you know, we all have really limited time, energy, ability. But at the same time, like, I think the clear message from the prophets from the scriptures is that we're supposed to, we're supposed to do this, right? We're supposed to figure out the best way to get engaged. And so whether that means we run for office, whether that means we just get a little better about voting, maybe that means we work with a nonprofit organization, right? Or volunteer right. at the school more, yeah. or, or even, you know, like do something with our neighborhood, like HO, you know, it's just the idea that like, we got to figure out the best way that we can engage. But I think this is a big part of the Lord's plan for building Zion. He doesn't want us to be passive Not members at all. of our community. Or well, insular, no. or, you know, I mean, you no. could spend, you can spend, um, okay, I don't want to be offensive here, but you can spend 30 hours a week focusing on your ward. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. But is that always the best way to put all of your attention, right, on our one insular Latter-day Saint community? I would argue usually not, yeah. that it's important that we're getting outside of ourselves. We have to have a healthy balance. And I think as Latter-day Saints, we stand to benefit a lot, like you said. We've thrown the word insular a lot around a yeah. lot so far. But it's very easy, I think, as Mormons to approach ourselves like we are an island because we are in the world but not of the world. And what does that mean? Bubble. You know, that's right. the first thing you think of, but don't – don't do that. And what I love here in the closing remarks is you referenced Elder Ballard's remarks, and it even has it here in the lesson. But um, I love that he says here in the second paragraph, these same remarks from Elder Ballard from 1989, members of the church need to influence more than we are influenced. I've never even read that before, and I think that's great. We should work to stem the tide of sin and evil instead of passively being swept along with it. Uh, we each need to help solve the pl- problem rather than avoid or ignore it. But I love that idea that we need to influence more than we are influenced, you know. I think it's. I never read that part of. We always see in the world, not of the world, and I've never really read much past that. And that's uh, it's pretty cool. Well said. I dig it. Amen. So, folks, uh, you have anything else to add there, Dustin? About community. Dustin's a great community engager. So definitely, he's he's the man. I'm glad we talked. This about is a good this. lesson for you. I love this, this lesson. I hope I hope that everybody has a great discussion about it because it's relevant to every single Latter-day Saint. And honestly, and and I can promise you as well, you will benefit uh, immeasurably from getting involved in your community, or like Dustin said, through a nonprofit, volunteering organization, mentoring, whatever it is, do something. Don't just sit around and expect uh, your community just to serve stuff up to you. Be a part of it somehow. And that's our, our role as Latter-day Saints. We need to do that. So, Well, folks, we hope you will go to uh, facebook.com slash thisweekinmormons, Twitter at The Real Twin, Pinterest, YouTube, uh, subscribe to this on iTunes, listen on Stitcher Radio, and be a part of our gospel study sesh. If you don't, don't know what that is, go to our website, thisweekinmormons.com. Look at the left column where it says gospel study session, beautiful apocalyptic looking writing, and click on the button and it'll take you there. Um, do all those things. And of course, send us an email, contact at thisweekinmormons.com. Love hearing your feedback and it's always, uh, always good to know that this is being well received. Dustin, thank you very much for being here. My pleasure. Thanks Great to have you here, back. amigo. Uh, this is once again, lesson 44, Being Good Citizens. So go be a good citizen. And this is Sunday School Bonanza, a This Week in Mormons production. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.